Okay, welcome everybody to another edition of Breaking the Lingering Curses of Slavery in the Course of Heaven. My name is Lisa Burnett Gray, and we are here with Every Step Counts Ministry. We're going to add it another week, and I'm excited to see what the Lord is going to do with our topic this week. I'm going to go ahead and share the screen, and uh, I did put a short presentation to get well. I can't say it's as short. I've had some that are a lot shorter. Okay. Where's that? Hold everything. I want to share and it was, wasn't there. Okay, I see it. I'm going to go back and share the screen. There it is. Okay. Okay, there we are. Okay, so what we're doing, you know, Lord, this is a work that's evolving. We started out breaking the curses of slavery, but the Lord has kind of made it clear that we're breaking the lingering curses of slavery in the course of heaven. So we're just glad to be back another, another for another edition of it. We're looking at a couple of different sources. Breaking the Curses of Slavery by Pamela Burgess Main is available along with Dr. Joy DeBruz, The Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome. It is an excellent book. Today's topic, we're gonna look at caricatures, and propaganda, caricatures and propaganda. Last week, just to review for a quick second, we looked at unpaid wages and the Lord was faithful as always to show us different things that we had not considered. And we received some verdicts last week that were out of this world. And I am excited about it. I'm just excited about the manifestation of what God has continued to do as we walk this journey. And this is a journey. So I'm not going to tell you that everything's in order because this doesn't even look like it's in order for me today. But it's okay. We're just going to keep going. Our identity is everything. We have identity in the body of Christ. We have identity as the sons of God. We have legal rights. And as the descendants of former slaves, we can go to the courts of heaven and we have what's called standing. Our standing in, this, in these court cases says that we have an interest in it. We have a stake in it. We have something to say about it. So that's our standing. Many times people will, you know, have you, you've heard people say on a number of occasions, mind your own business. Well, this is our business. <laughs> Our standing means it's our business. And because we are the sons of God and being a son is a position, you know, in 2021, people are concerned about, you know, well, I'm a woman, I'm a woman. So we're the sons and daughters. Well, in this case, we're talking about your position it has nothing to do with gender. We are the sons of the most high God. We have our, we have our, our standing is simply because of our identity. And we've taken on the identity of Christ. In order for us to do the work that God has for us to do, we have to have clean hearts. And that's something that we, have, this is a work. And I have to say that it's an ongoing work that the Lord is doing with each of us. Today, I was in repentance. And I tell you what, there were some things that I repented about today, including pride. And I'm like, Lord, why, why, why am I going back on this pride? I, I, 
I'm going to stop sharing for a minute. I was in repentance today and I was with a group. So when I was in repentance today, I was in repentance for, I had pride came up, comparison, lying. Um, what else was it? I mean, it was stuff that I know that I've repented of before. And I'm like, well, why am I, why is this coming back up again? Well, because it's still in the generations. So God, you know, he keeps doing a deeper work. He does another level. He does another level. And it was funny because the minute that pride came up, I wanted to push it back down. I immediately was like, oh, no, I've repented of that. And I'm like, mm -mm. if God wants to bring it up, expose me. I want to be exposed and I want to be judged by the Lord rather than by anybody else. Because when he does it, he does it with the softness, with the kindness and with the heart to bring us back to reconcile, not to condemn. So if you find that you're, and I'm saying this because if you find that the Lord has you repent of something else again, let him go deeper. Let him go deeper in the generations, deeper in the DNA, maybe, you know, maybe for yourself, for your children, for your siblings. So, um, and like I said, but the first thing that came up was pride. And I'm like, well, I don't need, and then it was like, mm -mm, I'm not going to get caught in the trap of not acknowledging something that the Lord wants to do a work in me. It is onions. Thank you, Levi. That's exactly what it is. It's onions. And I know because I know that there's pride in my family. All I have to do is look at my family. Now, I mean, not just me, but my family. I can look at different things. And where people aren't getting along or people are still holding grudges or there's been disagreements, well, that's all pride. It's rooted in pride. So I want the Lord to continue to expose places in me because we still have places that need cleansing. And I don't, yep. And Christianity is so hard for us to talk about pride because we're prideful. But I just, I'm asking the Lord to humble me. I want to have a humble spirit. I want to have a teachable spirit. I don't ever want to say I'm okay. No, I'm good. I don't need that. If the Lord brings it up in your, in your quiet time, or if he brings it up in, in a safe place, acknowledge it and let him do some good work. Because I'm telling you that when he got through with me today, I was in a good, good place. And I thank God for that. So I thank God that he continues to expose. Because the enemy will tell you, oh, you don't need that. That's not for you. That's for, and, and there's a thousand different people it's for, and it's never for you. Don't let the enemy rob you of your freedom. So that's all I have to say about that. Kiss, of course, you guys already know that we're doing this class action lawsuit for all those who are former slaves. And we, we go into the courts of heaven and we petition our righteous judge. So as we get into today's topic on caricatures and propaganda, I want you to remember that we are, according to the scripture, created in his image. I think that's in Genesis 1 and 27, if I remember correctly. All men, women, are created in the image of God. But now let's take a look at what they've done with that image. Today, we are dealing, and I'm asking you to guard your hearts. I'm asking you not to take offense. 
I'm asking you to bring your spirit forward and let your soul take a seat back. And I'm asking you not to get mad with the images that you're about to see, but take a look at it from the perspective of you are created in God's image. And just like Jesus was marred in Isaiah 53, the point of what was going on was to mar your image and to mar my image. So that's what a caricature and a propaganda does. Caricature, the definition is a picture, a description or imitation of a person in which certain striking characteristics are exaggerated. Why are they exaggerated? In order to create a comic or a grotesque effect. That's what a caricature is. Propaganda is information, especially of a biased or a misleading nature that's used to promote or publicize a particular political cause or point of view. So today we're gonna keep in mind that we're created in the image of God, but we're gonna deal with caricatures and with propaganda regarding our image. So, I took a look at different things that had caricatures and the propaganda. And I want you to, and, and you're going to look at those as well. So this was candy. This was just a, the cover for a piece of candy. It's called The Little African. And notice what they called it. It's a dainty morsel. These were liquid drops. Again, we're looking at caricatures. And what caricatures do is they mar, they mar somebody's image and they exaggerate. So take a look at the eyes. You'll see the bug eyes over and over again in what you'll be looking at today. So that was candy. Here we're looking at blackface. So you have a white person who puts black makeup on their face. Well, blackface is for mockery from humiliation and it's degrading. But who is it degrading? It's degrading the image. And we were created in his image. We have songs and minstrels and jubilee that they will go traveling, these traveling songs, these traveling showcases. But what we're looking at is lingering mockery. So we had this white man, Billy Van, who was a quote unquote comedian. So what was funny was to put on black face to create these huge, huge lips. And I don't know what it is he put up under his eyes, but to make his eyes bug out. And he made money off of this mockery. He made money off of this caricature. And it went around from place to place. It, it, was, it, became, it was something cultural. Here's another one. This is theater. So in this theater, you have a white man who puts on black face to become what? A woman. And then there's a bandana on the head. This is a, you know, I know this wasn't the best picture, but you can take a look at the white around the the eyes and the white around the um, lips. 
again, exaggerated features for mockery, degradation. Al Jolson, these musicals are famous. They, um, when they went from town to town, now they became a part of motion pictures. This man made money off of caricature. And it was a part of the culture. I think one of the things I, I need you to see is how all-encompassing these caricatures were. And by its very definition, it became propaganda. By its very definition, for those who had not been around Africans, so African slaves, African-Americans, Blacks, Negroes, whatever you call them, this was their only representation in all they knew. So we've seen songs, we've seen theater, we've seen musicals. We saw candy. Now we're taking a look at a book, very popular series. What's it called? Little Black Sambo. So I need you to see that these caricatures were a part of the culture, a part of the culture. So now you're reading your children little, you're reading your children. So you're indoctrinating another generation on what a black person looks like, how they act and what to expect of them. Expect them to have big red juicy lips, bulging eyes, and who knows what else. Again, I need you to see this, not to be offended, but to understand that this was a culture, it was propaganda that was propagated for an end purpose. And all the time money was being made off of it. So this was an interesting one. This is a restaurant menu. The name of the restaurant is the Coon Chicken Inn. Very popular restaurant. And it had more than one restaurant. There was one in Seattle, Washington, if you can see on here, Portland, Oregon, Salt Lake City. Let's see where that other one was. Nationally famous from coast to coast. Again, do you see how we're talking about a culture? Now, this is an area of the country and I don't really remember what state it was. It was someplace out west, but it was illegal for the free slaves to come to. They refused to let the free slaves come there. So if you don't have anyone in that area and you're going to the Coon Chicken Inn, what do you think? And this is what you see. This is all that you know. I'm just saying, this is a culture. Propaganda and caricature, exaggerated features. And I want you to notice how the caricatures, especially of the, um, when you see a mouth, they're always smiling, happy, just happy, just happy, 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 just happy. So you saw the book earlier called Little Black Sambo. This restaurant just changed its name one year ago. How many black people do you think frequented Sambo's? So when we talk about the lingering effects of slavery, 
the lingering effects that have been inculcated into the culture, into the very culture. And it doesn't mean that somebody knows about it. There's implicit and there can be explicit. So we're still, it, last year when all the fires and the rioting, rioting was going on, this particular restaurant decided maybe we should change our name. I'm just saying. Okay, I'm going to hold on for a second. I need to stop recording, but if you choose to, I'll, I'm just going to put it in there. You know, I am. Um, sorry. Should, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Not to. I just, uh, you know, I'll do it later. I just realized the time. I'll head into work. Let's see what else down here. So after slavery in the United States, they created what was called the Freedman's Bureau, and it was supposed to help the newly released slaves. So when we talk about propaganda, this is what was in the newspaper. This was what was being spread. The Freedmen's Bureau, I'm gonna read it, an agency to keep the Negro in idleness at the expense of who? The white man. Twice vetoed by the president and made a law by Congress. Support Congress and you support the Negro. Sustain the president and you protect the white man. So here we go. A caricature and propaganda is both. See how the white man's doing all the work. You see him working over here? And look at the Negro with the big lips, just having a good, just a good time of idleness, not doing nothing. And the Freedman's Bureau. This was an interesting one. This was a general, this again, we're talking about propaganda. This was a general riding on a, well, was it a horse? See the tail? You see the bridle? Notice the lips, the eyes, the, I think that's the nose of a pig. I could be wrong, but I think that's the nose of a pig. Notice the way the hands are because the general is riding on it. Now, remember, we're talking about two political parties that are opposing one another, but when they want the people to have some understanding of what's going on or see things their way, this is the way they're depicting the um, Northern troops. caricature and propaganda. Here's another one that was in the newspaper, the colored volunteer. Well, what do they have? They got a broom as, as their weapon of choice, of choice. Here's one where you have a slave, a former slave doing what? Polishing the general's britches. Notice those are blue. So this would have been in a Southern paper the political satire and propaganda. And we wonder why it's lasted for so long. 
Well, after slavery, we still had all this propaganda. We still had all this caricature. And those who didn't know, you look at it, it's kind of like what happened in the day. You're looking at the paper and you believe that it's, there's unbiased, which is not the case. This is a culture that we're going after today. This was a postcard, the alligator biting a black child. This went through the US mail system, it's postcard. Alligator bait, that was the name of the postcard. Now, I don't know if this was meant to be satire. I don't know if it was meant to be funny. I just don't know. I'm just saying that this, was it meant to be comedy? I don't know. But it, it would have been something that would have touched quite a few hands, along with those who did the manufacture, those who did the transportation to the place that people bought it, those that took a look and bought it, those who bought it and sent it through the mail. I mean, we're talking about the entire culture being permeated with this. This was one, here's a songbook. Look at them just singing and happy. They're leading the good life. They're doing the Mississippi Red, the two-step. Caricature and propaganda. This was a difficult one, but I had to include it. This was a toy. Five little nigger boys. So you you been you purchased this toy for your son to learn how to shoot, and what was target practice? Here's another one with gun for your little boy. What was sold in the store? Four little nigger boys. So when you wonder why has this been going on for so long? Why is this lingering? Why, why are these, these caricatures and these, um, the way, these portrayals of our young men, why are they being hung? Why are they being shot? What, 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 what is it? It's a culture. They were then taught to hate. Here's another game. This was a board game. The game of 10 Little Niggers. By who? Parker Brothers. This is what people would have, <laughs> this was how they played. Everybody, of course not. But I need you to see that this was a culture it was not just a culture in the South. We'd like to think it was, but it was not. This was marring the image of God, who God created us to be, made in God's image. Here's another book, 10 Little Nigger Boys. Notice the lips, notice they're always happy, always happy, always happy. That was very important. Here's another one. We're just as happy. Notice the lips and the big cheesy smile. Happy, 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 happy. The movies, and I just had no words for that one. Looks like a boy 
I don't, I, I really don't know what that is. I, I'm just, I'm not sure. But cookie jar. My grandmother had one of these cookie jars. I grew up with the cookie jar almost exactly like that. Why do you need to know that? Because it was a part of the culture. Nobody even thought about it. It was just, it was just a, it was a collectible. It was just a cookie jar, big fat. Mammy with a red scarf on her head, bug eyes, big lips. Here we had some perfume, a part of the culture. This looked like a fan to me. You know how you used to have those paper fans at church? What are we doing here? We're smiling. Everything's happy. Happy, 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 happy. Here's a collectible coin. Ah, look at that. Just happy. We're just happy. Ex again, caricature, exaggerated features propaganda so that you can believe what they want you to believe. Part of the culture. This was the package for some garden seeds. Eating our watermelon. Black people and watermelon. We put the two together. Remember when propaganda is when you've seen it so much until you don't even realize, you don't even think about it. It does become a prejudice because you put the two together. Now this looks like a woman or a man. Looks like a man's face in a woman's body to me. So maybe they were doing some transfiguration before now, I'm just saying. Again, the propaganda. This was in a newspaper and had to do with education. And the headline says, have you a daughter, Mr. Voter? So here we have this nice, innocent white girl looking kind of concerned. And look who's in the schoolroom with her. Three young black men, big lips, and they have their eyes on her. So what is that to appeal to? You Look, if you're gonna make a vote, vote, make sure you don't vote where they're gonna be with your little innocent, pure, white girl, your white daughter. That's the message that I see. Let me stop and ask if anybody else sees a different one. Did you, anybody see a different message than that? No, that's the same message I saw. We definitely don't want her in the classroom. These little boys are going to attack her, these savage black boys. They're scoping her out. We don't want to do that. And remember, you're a voter. And do, if you have a daughter, you're going to vote the right way so that those black boys will never be educated with your little white daughter. I need you to see that these caricatures and this propaganda was for a purpose. There is a purpose and an, an intent behind it. There's a spirit behind it. This is not just to hate people for the purpose of hating people. There is, there's a message. And one of the things we have to do is put on our critical thinking even today. 
because the propaganda is still out there. There's no doubt about it. And it's not just about black and white. This is, it's a demonic agenda. So propaganda, I'm gonna go back over the uh, definition of it. This is by Britannica. More or less systematic effort. You hear that word, systematic? We need to go after the system tonight. The systematic effort to manipulate other people's what? Their beliefs, their attitudes, and their actions. So propaganda wants to manipulate your belief, your attitude, or your action by means of symbols, words, gestures, banners, monuments, music, clothing, insignia, hairstyles, designs on coins, whatever. So in this particular one, it's talking about civil rights. So this would have been after slavery. And it says, and it looks like they were going to give them $500 or something. And like, okay, well, you just waiting for a $500 kick. Get out of my face. When you hear something, if you just simply accept it for face value, then you're not being discerning. And we need to be discerning in these times. This is not about you being triggered. It's not about us being hateful. It's about us taking a look at what's going on behind the scenes. What is the purpose? Why, why was it necessary to mar our image? Why is it necessary for people to think that we're less than human? Of course, we're not accepting that. I'm, I'm going way past that. But there was a purpose behind that. So you can continue to subjugate people. And it was culture. It was the culture. It was, there was nothing out of the ordinary. This was a set of uh, a game. It's funny, recreational. Darky tin pins. Just roll over the darky. And of course, we had the watermelon. So we've got the caricature. We've got the propaganda. No big deal. Let's just roll them on over. This is a fun game. This is how we have recreation. Collectible. Always eating some watermelon. It ain't worth nothing but some watermelon. This was interesting. The darky preacher in Florida. The darky preacher. This was a postcard. I uh, never did finish. Okay, this one, I did not finish getting the translation. I should have finished it. This was from Germany. But in terms of it being a caricature, can you see the exaggerated features? So this was not just in one country. The caricatures, because even that perfume bottle that I showed you earlier, that was from France. I'm just saying. This is interesting. A new coon in town. Big lips, ready to take you take take something from you. Here's another board game, game of the watermelon. And look who's there! Oh, we're just sitting back having a good old time because we're living the good life. The game of the watermelon patch. All is well. 
this was the inside. I just wanted to take a picture of it. This was the inside of the watermelon patch. This was the board game. Recreation and fun at whose expense? And remember, this is going into your psyche. It's a fun game for two to four players. Duckies in the watermelon patch. This was a culture. This is current. The name of the game is Getopoly. Buying stolen properties, pumping holes, building crack houses and projects, paying protection fees and getting carjacked are some of the elements of the game. Not dope enough? If you don't have the money that you owe to the loan shark, you might just land yourself in the emergency room. This, ain't, this, this is not 100 years ago, folks. Bought liquor bottle. Chains around the neck. Big teeth, big lips. Rag on the head. Get off of it, I'm just saying. So what is this for is to attack the foundation, the legitimacy, our identity, and what I don't think they really did realize is how it really mars the image of God because we were made in God's image. So I'm gonna, I know that everything else is not in order. So I think I'm just gonna stop sharing now. Get some feedback from you. Father, we just come before you once again as, as we're requesting access to the court. As we continue the court case of breaking the curses, breaking the lingering curses of slavery in the courts of heaven, we're requesting access for this entire group once again. We come in through your courts with praise and we come through your gates with thanksgiving. You are a wonderful God. Father, we know none like you. You're awesome in all your ways, and we bless you, and we thank you this day. We come in through the blood of the Lamb, for we know that there is no other way. Jesus, you are our door and our advocate. Holy Spirit, we thank you for being our counselor. We ask that the seven spirits of God would be here once again, that the um, books would be open, that the judge would be seated, that the great cloud of witnesses would be available for our case today. We come before you to bring us petition regarding caricatures and propaganda in your courtroom today. And Jim Crow. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that you would break the curse of the coon off of everyone in our family line, all of those former slaves, all the descendants of former slaves. Father, we're asking that you would cut seven and break all the ties to the curse of the coon off of us, off of our children and our children's children to a thousand generations. We're asking that you would break the, and, and renounce all the stereotype characteristics of the coon, like the character step and fetch it off of our people, no matter what nation they're in, no matter what continent they reside in. 
no matter what nationality. But we're asking that that label and that characteristic would be stripped. Father, we're asking that you would rebuke all manners attributed to the queen as always having her being tall, skinny, lazy, dark-skinned male, head scratching, oversized red lips, dressed in rags, dressed too showy, slow moving, having an exaggerated walk, loose jointed, poor, self-absorbed, lacking ambition and lazy. No skills for upward social mobility, a buffoon, frightened, bulging, darting eyes, illiterate, slurred speech, embarrassing, submissive replies like, yes, a boss, yes, a boss, embarrassingly incompetent, and historically funny to those of other races. But they are so, but it's so dehumanizing to us. Father, we say that according to your word in John 20, 23, that whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. So we stand here before you today and we say we choose to forgive those in our respective nations that brought these negative stereotypes onto the image of the former slaves. And we choose to forgive all the hurtful and harmful repercussions of the stereotype that it had throughout the history of the people in every continent with which they reside. We're asking that you would remove this horrible image, Lord Jesus, off of our people. And would you restore our imagery the way you originally intended, which is beautiful in your sight? But we know that according to Genesis 1 and 27, that we were made in your image and in your likeness. And you are not a buffoon. You are not lazy. You are not illiterate. You are not without wealth, without worth and value. You are not dehumanized. But Father, we know that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. Father, we know that we were knit together in our mother's womb. We know that we were brought forth on the day that we were born, born to do the good works that you have given to us. Father, you know about us and you know everything about us. We ask right now that you would restore us back to our first estate, back to what you had said about us from the very beginning of time. Father, you know the very hairs on our head, which are numbered. And we stand here before you saying that we live and move in your image and your likeness, and that we were chosen before the foundation of the, of the world. Jesus. Anybody seen anything? We need to stop for a second. Take a look and see what you're seeing in the courtroom. I don't know what it is, but something's just jumping up and down on paper, very angry. So. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come before you. And we ask that we would have clean hands and a pure heart. 
Father, we know that this is not about us. This is not about a black people being against the white people, but it's about goodness and evil. It's about two kingdoms, the demonic kingdom and your kingdom. And because of our position, because of our standing as sons of the most high God, we stand here before you and we say, expose every darkness, expose the spirits that's been operating, expose that which has caused us to, um, to think poorly of one another, expose that which was going from the going around the world, going to different nations, expose how it was even entangled in the very culture that children were being taught at a very early age that it's okay to shoot a black child. It's okay to call them out of their name. It's okay because they're really not human. My God. Father, we stand here before you and we remit the sin of those who cooperated, those who were in agreement. But we stand here before you and we say we renounce and we repent. We are not in agreement with that. We are not in agreement with that. And we ask you right now, Father, that you would forgive us for any place that we, um, we were in agreement, any place that we decided it was okay. We just stand here in agreement with you and we thank you, Father, for what you're doing in this time, in this season. And we thank you, Father, for the uncovering. We thank you, Father, that the cloak is being moved. We thank you, Father, that the fog is being removed and we can see what's operating behind the scene. We thank you, Father, that the wizard and the wizard of Oz is being uncloaked and unraveled this day on behalf of this class of people in Jesus' sweet name. Thank you, Lord. 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 Father, we're asking that any place where the caricatures changed us. It changed the way we thought about ourselves. It changed our mindset. It changed our hopes, dreams. It uh, made us resign ourselves that we could not do. We could not be. That was our lot in life. Father, any place that we came into agreement with that, we ask right now that the blood of Jesus would be the propitiation for the sin and that you would cover that sin of agreement. We stand here before you right now and say, we will not have agreement with these false images. We do not have agreement with this propaganda. We have no agreement with it, Father. Thank you, Lord. All the frustration. Every time we, we um, our head held low, because we saw it once again, and because it was a part of the very culture. Father, this is not just for those who were former slaves, but this is for those who were taught to hate. This is for those who were taught. It was okay to take people out of their very character and nature, where they did not even see the humanity of another type of people where it was okay, it was promulgated throughout the culture. It was a part of the network and the ways of thinking. Father, we ask right now, and we stand here before you, we remit that sin. And we ask that you would do an unraveling 
of those who have been taught to hate, an unraveling of those who have marred the very image of humanity, an unraveling of those who have prejudice and they don't even realize it because it's a part of their DNA. We're asking for the unfolding and the very unraveling of this propaganda agenda, Father. Yes, Lord Jesus. What are you seeing, guys? Court system. I'm hearing that the uh, like they're in attention, but I, the Father's saying that there is the purpose of the whole propaganda was to hide something. I just keep hearing that. So I ask father that, that we release fault dispensers to clear away everything that has been um, distorted, everything that's been hidden, everything that is being covered. Uh, all of this was to, to distort the truth. So we're asking for truth to come forth Father God, your truth of who we are and the truth in, in, in not just for us, but also for those who even perpetrated the joke, the lie, the, the horror of distorting the people you made in your image. We're asking for truth, Lord, and we release the angels. Even now they're waiting for their assignments. We give them the, the assignment to go and, and uncover truth, Lord God, and, and just we release the, the spirit of Christ. I just feel like the spirit of Christ needs to be released right now uh, in this court today, Lord God. And we're standing on your word because you've said in Romans 8, 15, Father, that we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we receive the spirit of sonship whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Father, we're releasing into this people group the spirit of sonship, the spirit of Christ. And in oneness, we just cry, Abba, Father. But we thank you right now that truth is going forth out of the court system today. Father, you know why you created this class of people. You know their purposes and their destiny. You know their giftings and their anointings. And the enemy knows it as well. And there has been a shearing of anointings. There has been a stripping of anointings. There has been a stealing and an abdication of anointings. The enemy has used that which you have given to this class of people. And Father, we just stand here before you and we ask that you would forgive us for any time that we came into agreement, the covenants, contracts, vows, agreements, pacts, whatever it was, a head nod, where we gave up that which you gave to us. We're asking now, Father, that it would be put back into your kingdom, that this class of people who you created and who you gave special anointings, that you gave special giftings, that the enemy has continued to share continue to strip away, continue to use, continue to use for his nefarious purposes. But Father, we see now where we, the things that we didn't see before. And we stand here before you on behalf of our ancestors 
who went into agreement with fallen sons of God, with the fallen angels, with the luminaries, with all of the nefarious purposes and all of those. We stand here before you. We ask, Father, that you would forgive us. And we say we'll have no alignment with them. We have no agreement with them. And we ask that that which we gave away, which we sold, which we traded, would be returned back to this class of people. The dignity, the worth, the value, the hopes, the dreams. And that, that caricature, that thing that they've been hiding because we haven't known who we are. It's been so important for the enemy to strip off of our, to strip us of our history. But Father, our history is hidden in Christ Jesus. So he cannot take away that which is ours. My God. It's been so important for us not to know our history. Oh, God, it's been so important for the, in, for the enemy and for the enemy's purpose that we not have a history, that we not have an identity. But God, I'll say to you this day, we know who we are and we know whose we are. So we stand here before you boldly and we ask for our inheritance, our heritage, and our birthright that our dignity be restored back to what it was, what you said about us from the beginning. From the very beginning, before we got involved in all of this other stuff, before we, we accepted a counterfeit, where we accepted something that's second rate, when we had the best, the best. Father, we stand here before you and we request that we would be returned back to our first estate in you. With all of the giftings, with all the anointings, with everything that is wrapped up in being sons of the Most High God. Everything that the enemy wants because he's jealous. He's envious. He wants it and he has said by any means necessary to subjugate this class of people. No matter what continent we've been on, always pushed down, always pushed down, always subjugated, always laughed at, always enslaved, always poor. That is not how you designed us. That is not according to your design. That is not your character, nor is it your nature. So we stand here before you, Father, we're requesting that all of the repentance that we have done individually, collectively, and as a group will be brought into this record for this case today for the propaganda and the caricatures that have been promulgated in the very culture. And now it's been going on for so long that it's been woven into the very nature and the DNA of others so that they don't see our humanity so that they don't see our worth and value and they don't see you. Ah, that's it right there. They don't see you in us. And we ask him, Father, that you would send your angels out to strip them of that. As a part of uh, what we're requesting relief for today, 
We're asking that those who don't even realize they may be operating in the back of their mind, but the mind control program is still running. It's on an operating system that's saying that those of, of African descent are second-class citizens. We're asking that that operating system would be uh, considered defunct and void, and it would be stripped from them, and that they could see the worth and the value because you created us in your image and in your likeness. Anybody else seeing anything before we go on? Lisa, I, I feel we're supposed to step into the court of media. I have never been there before, but the, the father is saying to step into the court of media. So Father, we ask for permission to step into the media room, Lord God, into the court of media. So right now, Lord God, we step in and we come in agreement with all those who are there, who broadcast the truth, who release signals into the earth realm and throughout all of the universe that renews our minds, that reprograms, Lord God. And we release that to go forth now and to reverse and to, it, it's been twisted. Yes, Father, it has been twisted to untwist and to let truth prevail, Father. It's just like, um, like the radio waves that go out. We don't see them, but they're impacting our subconscious and our conscious. The Lord is releasing right now the truth, the waves to go forth, to penetrate and to uproot every lie and every false portrayal of us as a people group, Lord God. And for even those who have believed the lie that we were less than, that truth is being revealed and there is an unveiling. Yes, Lord, an unveiling of who we are. So right now we thank you that we're in this court and we come in agreement with the plans and the strategies you have right now to unveil and to reveal the truth of who we are in Jesus' name. Thank you. And now we step out of the court of media, Lord God. Yes. Thank you. We thank you that it is going forth. I just, it's, it's going forth. Anybody else? Hey, Georgia. Glad you made it. Oxy, you don't see anything? I am trying to decide 
if we need to go ahead and do the Jim Crow or we need to leave it where it is today. I'm just not getting anything on the Jim Crow. Anybody else have any? What are you thinking? Do we need to do the Jim Crow one or leave it alone? Lisa, I'm, I feel we're supposed to do that Jim Crow. I feel like we're supposed to go ahead and do it. Let's do the gym, the gym crawl to the end. That's on page 95. I don't know why I'm showing that. Okay. So Father, we come before you. Georgia, this is the book that we're using, Breaking the Curses of Slavery. I'll show it to you later. So Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus Christ and we ask that you would please break the curse of the coon. I already did that one, wrong one. We're gonna do Jim Crow. It's on page 118. Father, in the name of you standing as a representative of our individual and collective family lines. We choose to forgive all those who initiated, created, wrote, edited, promoted, produced, published, ratified, voted, lobbied, blackmailed, terrorized, dehumanized, politicized, mimicked, compromised, scapegoated, legislated laws, bylaws, rules and regulations that limited and eliminated African-American power in this country and for all those who are in different countries. Any rules, bylaws that limited and eliminated the former African slaves for whatever nation, whatever continent, whatever country that they're involved there, that they live in. So Father, we forgive every US president, in this case, congressman, senator, you would just include whatever the uh, political names are in your country, parliamentary, Senate, senator, Supreme Court judge, legislator, attorney, business proprietor, realtor, banker, sheriff, capitalist, investor, corporate financier, public servant, teacher, preacher, physician, civil engineer. This thing with physician hit me so bad. I had a foster child 
who had Down syndrome. And I never will forget what he called, what he called that young boy in front of me. I could have hurt him like that. I could have, I could have just hurt him. It was like he he didn't see this, he didn't see his dignity. He didn't see his value and his worth. The father for all of those who this was just a part of the culture, they did not see our value or worth, and they relegated us to second class third class, fourth class, to being subhuman. Oh, Father, we extend forgiveness and we remit the sin. We remit the sin for those that have gone generation after generation after generation and they're so far removed that they don't even realize that it's become a part of their DNA, as Sam was saying. It's so far removed until we don't even know that it's a part of their very DNA and their nature. Father, we remit the sin and we ask that the blood of Jesus would be the propitiation and we ask that you will send your angels to do a cleansing and a scrubbing of the bloodlines. For those who have this in their nature, it's a part of their culture and they don't even realize it. It's a part of who they are. It's a part of their operating system. And Father, it's the same for us where it has been a, a part of our operating system. It's just the way we think. It's an automatic pilot. We don't even realize that we have relegated ourselves to second, third, and fourth class citizens. We're asking right now for a cleansing of this class of people, a cleansing of the bloodline. We're asking for a scrubbing. We just, Father, we take our locator and we see every place in the generations that this has taken place, every place that has changed our DNA, every place where it's changed ourselves, our molecules, our mitochondria, the way we think, the way we act, our expectations of ourselves and of you. We're asking for a cleansing even now. My God. Preacher, teacher, physicians, civil engineers, historians, scientists, and um, urban renewal specialists and other, any other person with authority and influence in, in our nations, our respective nations, who sided with the laws of segregation, humiliation, degradation, and mockery against our family and all of the former slaves in our respective nations. Father, we come before you as a righteous judge and we ask that you would forgive all of these people don't leave one of them. Now, don't leave one of them without the sin being remitted, Lord. Because we're going after the spirit that was operating behind that. We ask, Lord, that you would forgive all of these people for participating in Jim Crow. And we ask, Lord, that you would release the curse of Jim Crow off of our respective nations, off of our state, city, towns, country, suburbs, our rural regions off of this class of people. Father, we come before you, we ask that if anyone in our family, black or white, contributed to bringing this curse into the family lines, that you would forgive them and we uh, individually, respectively, and collectively choose to forgive them for not honoring you and who you said we are, made in the image of almighty God. 
I don't know what they were thinking. Did they think that God created two different types of people? I, I, I don't I don't know. I don't I don't know, but I know that it was woven into the very culture. And that's what we've looked at today, how it was woven in every facet of life that this was not a people, that this was subhuman, that these class of people were meant to be uh, mocked, <laughs> meant to be uh, made money. They were capitalized on, they were monetized over and over and over again. And they were stripped of humanity, stripped of their dignity, stripped of their value and stripped of their worth, stripped of their sonship as much as, as, much as they could as much as they could. We're asking Lord that you would remove all of the effects. Don't leave one ramification Father, that was laid upon our family line and all others who are in this class from the curse of Jim Crow. So judge, we're asking that you would restore all that the enemy stole from us. And according to your scripture, you, he, uh, he had to pay back sevenfold. So we're, we're asking for the relief of a sevenfold return. And we're also asking for penalties and taxes. We're asking to plunder the enemy's camp for this, which he has done. Because again, this is not about a people, but it's about the spirit that was operating. The, the principality that was over the cultures. Oh God, it was a demonic plan from the pit of hell. Diabolical plan. That permeated the culture it permeated every facet of life until wrong no longer felt wrong wrong felt right oh jesus i see it y'all wrong became right because it was it was just like anything else crabs in a bucket or the frogs in a pot where everybody was doing it that was the culture We're going behind the spirit that was operating behind that culture. We're going after the principality that was out and operating, and we're disconnecting ourselves from that principality, whether it was white or black, because I've got both of them in me. So I've been the perpetrator and the victim. Both is in my lineage, and I'm not the only one. So, Father, for all of us who have, who have been perpetrators and have been victims, we remit the sins of the perpetrators because they're a lineage, they're a part of me, they're in my bloodline, and we remit the victim, the sin for the victims. Anytime we fell into agreement and aligned ourselves with that which is not of you, in this Jim Crow mentality, this way of thinking, this operating system that's always running in the background. And we thank you, Father, for the uncovering that you're doing this day in this courtroom. We're asking, Lord, that you would restore all the enemy took from us, restore our full rights as citizens of our respective countries, and that we can live freely in our respective democracies. We're asking that you would restore our rights, uh, our rights to vote, our rights to restore our rights to live wherever we can afford, restore our rights to receive a free and excellent public education, restore our rights to drive wherever we, we want without being harassed our right to use the restroom where we want, our right to drink any, from any faucet that we want, to eat where we want without feeling threatened, to vote for whom we want, to socialize freely and orderly in a public area without being discriminated against. 
to be transported freely without discrimination. We're asking for the right to you restore the right to serve in the military and be promoted the way we want and to come back after serving and still be honored, not be degraded. I know what my father went through. He suffered PTSD after the Korean War. He was less than a man when he came back. And he was a broken man when he came back. Father, we're asking for the restoration of all of those who were degraded, who were um, subjugated when they came back after serving their country. We're asking for their restoration of their humanity and their dignity and their psychological health, their social health, their social standing, that we would give honor to whom honor is due. Father, we're asking that we could once again speak where we want, receive top medical attention where we want, to learn and have access to higher education where we want, to work where we want, to be promoted fairly, to be paid a fair wage, to play where we want, to shop where we want, to vacation where we want, to be celebrated, to build, grow, and expand where we want, to contribute to the good of society how we want, to worship you whenever, however, at all times, wherever we want. Father, we're asking for a severing of the most segregated day of the week. in our houses of worship is still a part of Jim Crow. I see that it's still a part of the Jim Crow system. We're asking for a severing. We're asking for a severing that we can appreciate other cultures. It's one thing to congregate because of, uh, there's some things that are cultural as opposed to when you're not accepted because of the color of your skin. And that goes on both sides. Lord, please cut, cancel, and abolish all color lines in our respective countries, visible and what? Invisible. Because why? we're going after the spiritual things. We're going after the spiritual things. Please tear up all separate but equal institutions from their very foundations. I call on you, Lord Jesus, to uproot the beginning of the practice of slavery which was established in Jamestown, Virginia in 1619 as chattel slavery. We know there was slavery before then, but the chattel slavery is different than what was practiced um, in days past. So African slaves and European indentured servants built this nation side by side. We're asking, Father, that you would cancel in the name of Jesus Christ the turning point to a color code set in 1640 by Virginia's highest court who first mandated in the case of John Punch serving a lifetime sentence for running away compared to his two white counterparts who only served, quote, extra time, that Blacks' rights would legally be considered inferior to whites. So I'm going to say this again. In 1640, Virginia was the first court that mandated that Blacks' rights were considered inferior so we're asking, Father, and we take our locator, we go back in time, and we ask that that would be abated, it would be erased, it would be um, taken out of the timelines. We are not inferior, made in the image and the likeness of Christ Jesus. And we have no lesser rights than any other person that you created. 
How do we choose to forgive the initial racist sentencing of John Crutch? And we ask you, Lord, to please forgive the Virginia courts for this judgment as well. We ask you, Lord, that you would remove us from every act of Jim Crow from that time to this very day off of this class of people in this class action lawsuit, off of our family lines and off of every other African descendant family in our respective countries. And we're asking that we will be free from the tyranny. But we're asking that you will set the laws straight in our respective nations. And we pray this in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. No, Susan, go, um, you want to do some repentance? Go right ahead. Thank you, Lisa. Oh, Father, I come before you as a representative of the whites. Lord, where we have disrespected, dishonored, destroyed so many of our black brothers and sisters. Lord, I just, I come in a position of, honestly, a lack of knowledge. We had no idea as children, the lies that were being perpetuated and have continued to perpetuate. But as we know, we do different. And Lord, I just ask that you would open the eyes of my white brothers and sisters and show them the folly, the cruelty, the maliciousness, the ungodliness in their heart attitude. They may have taken it as a joke, but it is still destroying and killing <clears throat> the hearts and minds of not only other people, but their own people. Father, it's just, it's not right. Even if everybody's doing it, it doesn't make it right. And Father, I just ask you to, even today, open my eyes more of where I've allowed any, even the slightest atom of disrespect for my black brothers and sisters. Lord, that they have the most beautiful hearts. They are a honourable people. They were created in your image, Father. Lord, I just ask you to just open our eyes, open our eyes and help us to build bridges and help us to heal wounds that have gone back for generations. Father, I just, I just put myself afresh before you in repentance, Father, for, for everything we've done and continue to do. Lord, I'm just I'm just so, so, so very sorry that any human being has been made to feel less than who they were created to be by the actions of myself and others. Father, I just come before you and I humbly ask for your forgiveness, Lord, and if there is any way that I can make this right, Lord, I just ask you to show me, lead me, guide me and direct me. And I just come against the enemy's lies where he has deceived us and he's, he's taught us so much deception. At, Father, I just ask that you just open our eyes and our hearts and our arms to embrace each other in a true spirit of forgiveness and humility. And, Lord, we just thank you that we're going to go on to educate the next generation and the generations that follow after us, that this no longer be allowed to continue, that no one be allowed to oppress another one. Lord Jesus, just intervene on our behalf. And we do this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you.
Anyone else have any scripture? Any repentance you'd like to do? I just want to say I agree with Susan, what she said. And Lord, if there was anyone in my generational line that suppressed women, um, Black women, uh, mothers and daughters, Lord, and did horrific things to them and, and subjugated them and humiliated, humili I can't say that word, humiliated them, Lord, with um, full knowledge of, of the, um, the husbands, the slave masters, Lord. I repent of that, Father, all the way through, Lord, the whole years of that happening, Father. Lord, I just pray, Lord, um, I don't know, there's something about the media, Lord, and I just thank you, Lord, for the, the courtroom of the media, Lord, and the, um, the ruling of the media, Father God, how every facet, Lord, has been taken and distorted, Lord, and you are, Father, on the throne, and you do give recompense for everything done and said. Father's been horrific, Lord. And I thank you, Father, for even standing, Jesus, standing up from your throne room and giving orders and verdicts in Jesus' name in favor, in favor of my black sisters and, and fathers and mothers. And I thank you, Lord, for Lisa leading this because she sees it's a spirit that's been behind it. And it took out many people. It took with it many people, many generational bloodlines on both sides, Lord. And I humbly ask you to forgive us all for that in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Anybody amen. else? Well, I just want to say also, Lord, and where, yeah, where curses came from both sides, Lord, and we all went crazy, Lord. The women, I know we were going to pray that before, that are in the asylums or something, Father. That is part of that repentance, Lord, and I ask that you hear in heaven and rule in Jesus' name. <laughs> Jesus' name. Anybody have any scriptures they want to recite in the courthouse today? I present Genesis 1:27. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So Father, we release this word as a witness to everything we have prayed and presented today. We are created in your image in any way that that image is trying to be distorted. We thank you that it is being put right in Jesus' name. Amen. Anybody else? I have saw a couple of scriptures psalm 8 what is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you care for him just a little lower than the angels and you have crowned him with glory and honor you made him the ruler of the works of your hands and you have placed everything under his feet Acts 17 24 god that made the world and all things therein seeing that he is lord of heaven and earth and he dwells not in temples made with hands. Father, we thank you that you have made everything, including us. Malachi 2 and 10. Do we not all have one father? Did not one God create us? Why then do we break faith with one another so as to proclaim the covenant 
of our fathers. Acts 17, and have made of one blood all nations, one blood of men for to dwell on the face of the earth and have determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. We are one blood. Regardless of what the enemy has done, you know, his uh, tactic has been divide and conquer. This is about a spiritual, thank God that he's showing us the spiritual aspect. This is divide and conquer, but we are one blood. When we stop going along with the enemy and saying us and them and saying we, it's going to change. We, we can work together in the kingdom. Acts 14 and 15, um, we also are men of like passions and preach unto you that you should turn from these vanities unto the living God. We all have the same passions. We have the same issues, the same sin, transgressions and iniquities. Psalm 24 and one says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and who they that dwell therein. We belong to him. That was the first case we did. We had the title deed turned over to the Lord Jehovah. First Corinthians 4 and 13, being defamed, we entreat. We have been defamed. This has been about defaming who we are. We are made as filth of the world and are the offscoring of all things unto this day. But we work, we work hard with our own hands. And when we are vilified, that's what we've done today. We bless. And when we are persecuted, what do we do? We have endured it. And God is getting the glory. These trials and temptations, refining us. God is getting the glory. Matthew 5 and 11, 12, blessed are ye when men shall do what? Revile you. That's what all this caricature is about. That's what this propaganda program is about, to revile us and to persecute us and shall say all manner of evil against us falsely. Well, it's only false because there's only one God. He created one human. That's it. One race of people. Lamentation 3 and 14 says, I was a derision to all my people. So what we've been, been dealing with is truth versus fact. The fact is there was slavery. The fact is we have been subjugated. The fact is there was legal ownership, but that was natural. And the truth of the matter is we are children of the most high God, wonderfully and fearfully made according to Psalm. So we just stand here before you, Father, on behalf of all of those in this court case, on behalf of all those who will view it later, those who will come and sign the petitions to be in agreement with this court case on behalf of us, our family line, Father, our family trees, we just know that you're outside of time. So even as we go backward and forward in time, we just bless you. Oh, Father, we bless you for that which you have done for us today. How you have stripped these names and these labels off of us, how the caricature, even in the media, how it's still uh, been perpetuated 
but you are writing that which was wrong and you are removing the cloak. You're removing the, um, what was that you had said, Opal? Emily was trying to hide something. You're removing that. You're removing the, the wizard of the eyes. You're removing it so that we can see the spirit and the principalities that's been operating behind us. Because we are of worth and because we are of such high value that the enemy wanted to keep us subjugated and keep us away from the fact of knowing who we are in Christ Jesus. But it's a brand new day. It's a brand new day. It's a brand new day. It's a brand new day in Christ Jesus. Anyone have anything else before we finish up today? I just want to say something that's really, I don't know if it's important. Well, it's important, but I just, my ex-husband, um, he had um, a nursery lady who was black. And I just remember them saying, oh, he tried to rub her skin off. I mean, rub the dark off. So I just want to stand and count uh, for, for that generational bloodline sin and repent of, whoa, and repent of that in Jesus' name. And the humiliation she went through. And her heart, how she was there to take care of him. That you said that, that brought me back to a situation that I had. I was, I think I was in the fifth grade and I was at a Greyhound bus station and a little girl came up to me and said, mommy, look, a darkie. I'll never forget that. I was like a fifth grade, I was a little girl, what do you say? I knew it was a child that didn't know any better. So I just smiled. But I remember that. So, Father, I just remit the sin of, of a, a class of people who do not educate their children on their differences, yet and still we're the same. We're one blood, as we read that scripture today. We are one blood. So, Father, for all the humiliation that little uh, children have taken and endured, for what it had did to their essence and their character and who they were, and where it went into their identity and where it was a dart in their heart. We ask right now you will send your angels to remove those darts that injured their heart, their soul, their essence, their very being, their nature and their character. And we remit the sin of those who simply didn't know. Those who simply did not know. They didn't mean any harm. However, because of so much humiliation and degradation and subjugation, it hit, a, it hit a target. It did hit a target. Levi, you've been quiet today. I'm wondering, you okay? I have a verse. Oh, okay, your microphone's off. Go ahead, Linda. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Deuteronomy 1.11. May the Lord, the God of your fathers, make you a thousand times as many as you are and bless you as he has promised you. Amen. Beautiful. Amen. Beautiful. Anybody else? Okay. So Father, we just ask right now for the pleasure of the judge 
we're asking that we would have a favorable verdict on behalf of the petition that we have grant that we have um, submitted before you this day. I really, I really um, am sensing the plea, that the father is pleased. Please. We're asking father that the record would, would reflect and it would be sent to hell, that hell would be put, be put on notice. We're asking that the angels would be dispersed with the new verdicts. We're asking that all of our angels would be ready to receive and that there will be quick implementation and manifestation in the earth realm of that which you have accomplished on behalf of those whom you love this day. We bless you and Father, we ask that if there's anything that needs to be further continued, we would put this in the hands of our advocate, Lord Jesus Christ. And we say, we trust you. We know that, that you have our good intentions. We thank you how the blood has prevailed once again my God, once again, the blood prevailed. We bless you. Now, Father, we say that let there be no retaliation backlash for us, for our families, for all that we love, all those whom we're connected to, our finances, our reputation, our hopes, our dreams. Father, we're asking that the, the verdict would even be woven into our destinies, that there'd be a rewriting, that there'd be a rearranging, that they are renewing and refreshing. We're asking, Father, that you would send um, refreshing. Angels are refreshing to those who are weary. Angels are refreshing to those who, are, who may be hopeless, who are downtrodden. We are, we're asking for the refreshing. Even with the water of your word, which we know that we're refreshed by, we're always refreshed in your presence. You continue to amaze us. You are truly an amazing God. And we just reiterate once again that we'll serve only one, the one true living God, Yahweh is his name. We bless you for us and for our generations. We thank you that you've removed the sins, the transgressions and the iniquities as far as the East is from the West never to be remembered again. And for that, we give you the honor, the glory, and the praise in Jesus' sweet name. You step out of your program, you go. Amen. Amen.